get to the Olympic Games on day one. This is one of the worst parks we ever rode in history. And I'm like, dude, my line is disintegrated. Number one, don't panic. Go tomorrow to practice. By the third day, I was like, the line is back, man. Welcome back to Mindset Win, the podcast where we share extraordinary stories about incredible people and athletes from all over the world and how to unlock their mental tactics and apply them to our daily lives. Back with me in the studio is York Peter Kloppel. He's head of mental performance at the Athlete Performance Center, the APC. Hi, York. Welcome back. York, one question. Are you a keen cyclist? Well, I, I like to go for little bike rides with my kids. I wouldn't describe myself as a keen cyclist, but I definitely enjoy cycling, yeah. Well, the reason I'm asking this, because our guest today is a BMX champion, Daniel Durs. He's a pro BMX rider who won silver at the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. He's a really fascinating athlete. He's very, very aware that being mentally strong gives him an edge in his discipline and life in general. Was there a theme that jumped out for you? Yeah, it's great to have Daniel on the show. Something he spoke about can be described as contingency planning, which basically means to have backup plans, other alternatives, other possibilities for when the real original plan is not possible anymore. So you have to adapt. And this is what, what contingencies are. Contingency. It's not a word you hear every day. Can you explain a bit more? Yeah, contingency basically means plan B, plan C for when things don't go well. And he seems to be subconsciously really prepared for any kind of situation that comes up, any banana peel that, that gets thrown in his way. So I found that really fascinating how he spoke about that. Interesting. We'll talk more about uh, this later, but first let's hear from Daniel Durs himself. Hi, my name is Daniel Dares. I'm from Caracas, Venezuela, and I'm a professional BMX rider. BMX is about doing acrobatics on a small bicycle. I enjoy BMX because of the freedom of it. So you obviously have a sports aspect, but I think it was the, the opportunity to express yourself. The day I went to the skate park is the day I said, hey, mom, this is what I want to do. And at first I did terrible because there were a lot better riders there. But if you don't know how to compete, it doesn't matter because competition is very intricate and you got to study it a lot. It's seriously a career. Like when you watch us compete, you only watch the one minute perfect dream run, but you don't see everything that happens right before that, all the way to years before. Usually the first year winning events is the easiest year, but... After you win the first year, it's like, okay, now you have expectation, you have sponsors, you have the kid asking for an autograph right before you drop in. There is no right or wrong. There's just execution. This right here is what gave me the tools to be able to execute all those programs. Like, okay, I need to be able to understand my runs better. I need to understand uh, the other competitor. Like, I need to know how he feels that day. Is he coming for me? Is he like off? You know, because in competition, someone will throw a banana peel here and there. And I lived this already many times where like I'll be at an event. I'm like, oh, I'm going to win this. And then someone comes and pull a rabbit out of a hat and they just caught you with your pants down. Like 
you have no way to battle this. And, you know, it can throw you off. Then now you're distracted. Banana peel worked. I don't want to go and, you know, end up getting 30th place when I could have just gotten second. You can't freak out like you just lost the event because then you lost the event. Freaking out is not the answer to when something wrong happens. I remember one of my mentors, Dave Mira, he would always tell me mental strength, man. That's the key, mental strength. And one of the main things that I feel like I try to talk about now is be prepared for the unexpected. We have a lot of unexpected moments, especially in competition. You know, I always tell everyone around me, like regardless of what we're doing is, number one, you do not panic. Panic will not help. Yes, you will feel emotional. You're gonna be either super stressed or angry or sad or something, but you do not panic. Look at the moment, analyze it. Okay, what would be the first step to fix this? And every situation is different. In my backpack, I have every tool that you can imagine and every bike part. And I still show up to the event and something breaks in a way that I have no way to fix it. Okay, what is the closest knowledge that I know about this? And you know, sometimes obviously you gotta use your imagination. Your worst enemy is to not be prepared. You know, sometimes I'm insecure. I go like, I don't know about this trick. I don't know about this. And then I'm like, Daniel, come on, trust your training. You've been doing this every day for weeks, months, years. And then it's like, yeah, that's true. Hello, listeners. I just want to tell you about Just Ride, a cycling podcast from Red Bull that I think you will love. My name is Rob Warner. And I'm Elliot Jackson. You might know us from downhill mountain biking, but our podcast is all about cycling. Full stop. Cycling is the thing we love, and there's a whole wide weird world of different disciplines and communities to explore. And that is exactly what we want to do on this show, with each episode dedicated to expanding our minds through crazy stories and incredible guests. Rob, who have we had on so far? Well, I don't really know where to start. We had British Olympic legend Laura Kenny telling us what it's like to be in a velodrome. We go inside the mind of freeride legend Brett Reader. We had a right laugh with a mountain bike world champion Evie Richards, and we even heard how cycling has powered the insane career of Ironman Cam Worth. And of course, lots, lots more. So whether you already live and breathe cycling or you want some inspiration to get you back on the bike, this show is for you. Search for Just Ride wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a follow and get involved. See you there. For the Olympics, it's such a different event from everything else that we do, you know. So once I achieved the qualification, now I knew that it's nine of us at the Games. And you show up to the Olympic Games and that's when you see that this is the biggest event in the world. Everything that I did in my life prepared me for the Olympic Games. Running a skate park in Holly Springs, North Carolina helped me prepare <laughs> because I know like my chances of winning are, are increasing by every mistake that you make. Luckily, I was just so prepared for the Olympics that the banana peels were reduced to an absolute minimum. I get to the Olympic Games on day one, the park doesn't work. This is one of the worst parks we ever rode in history. And I'm like, dude, my line is disintegrated. So yeah, I guess I had another banana peel. It was right off the gate. And as I was doing these tricks like to set the pace, I was also freaking out. I was like, dude, I had this line in my head and now I, I can't do it. 
damn. And I remember, okay, what am I going to do? And I was like, all right, number one, don't panic. Go tomorrow to practice. Focus on the one part that has given you trouble and see if you, if you can dig through it. By the third day, I was like, the line is back, man. It was about adjusting, adapting. Like, I was not expecting this course was going to be, seriously, one of the worst courses that we had in history. The first day was seating, so I went in and did lesser runs, and I think I qualified like fourth or something. The second run, jump straight, then I, I carved like a curved wall, and then I had the regular spine, but this one wasn't so regular because it was mellower, which it makes it hard to pull back. And then it had a gap in between. So I was going from the right side to the left side, and the, the difficult part here was to not land flat. And then I ended up doing a 360 double tail whip, which I spin once and the bike twice over the gap. And I landed a bit low, but it was fine. And then I did a truck driver on the box backwards, which is a 360. I spin a 360 and I spin the bars once, pumped it very well. And I finished my run with like a flare no-hander, which is when you do a backflip 180 and take your hands off. And then on the other quarter, I do a flare tail whip, which is the same backflip 180 and you spin the frame. And the flare whip happens right on the buzzer. And I get on the other face of the ramp and I just throw my bike and I celebrate and I take a scream with at the top of my lungs just because I was so excited. I was able to do the run that I've been planning using what I've learned this last 15, 16, 17 years. It was a very important moment for me because I was 36 years old. I was meant to retire the year before. And I stayed because I'm like, dude, the Olympic Games, man, I think I can make it in. I don't, and I think I can medal too, dude. It's got to be hard, but I know I can do it. And so to me, it was like, yes, it is possible. You just need to have a lot of focused attention in what you need to do, prepare the plan, what's the strategy, and adjust as you go. There is no perfect foolproof plan. If you put steps to every time you have an unexpected situation, you will be able to come out of it with more success. And I guess to me, that's, that's been the secret to be able to be around for, for so long. Wow, some really interesting insights here. A lot of food for thought. What really stood out for you, York? I thought the story he told about going to the Olympics after training for it for so many years and then finding that the run that he had prepared just wasn't possible on the park that they had built for the Olympics. I mean, what a what a moment that is if, if you'd suddenly have to just completely adapt everything that you've been preparing. And it's really interesting how he explained how he was able to deal with that, maybe even better than his competitors. Because he, he couldn't ride the same lines. Yeah, you're right. As he trained for. Yeah. And he had a, a younger competitor who was able to train on exactly the same track, but he wasn't. Yeah. How are you going to turn this disadvantage for your advantage? So I would say this is a good example of how things will never, ever go 100% according to plan. It's not about having the perfect solution right there and then, because it's one of many things that could have gone wrong on that day but it's more about how he reacts to something going wrong. So he could have reacted in that moment by just being really annoyed, by 
giving up already in that moment and forgetting that he might still have a chance of winning a medal at these Olympics. But instead, he reacted by staying positive, calming himself down, using his inner voice to deal with that situation. So he doesn't have the perfect plan of how to deal with it. He figured that out later on, but that immediate reaction was what I think he was just really good at. He said that he's like very connected to his subconscious and also he's using and training his intuition. Is that a tool we can use and train? I believe it is. And I, I think it has a lot to do with, um, with being very self-reflective. He's almost his own coach in that moment. He's using his inner voice to tell himself to calm down, how to deal with it, how to react with it. And he's being very rational in that moment as well. He's not letting his emotions take over, and, but he's, he's immediately you know, thinking of a way to, to overcome the situation. And I think that's a skill that he has learned over many, many years and probably something that he learned from his mentor as well. Dave Mira. Exactly. Yeah, who said that mental strength is really an edge. Yeah. I mean, for most of us, it's very easy to be overwhelmed by emotions. So it's, it's rationalizing and, and being very self-aware, a way to reconnect and, and stay calm. Yeah, and I also think we all know that things don't always go 100% according to plan. So be prepared for something to go wrong. You don't know what's going to go wrong. And Daniel calls this his banana peels, but just be prepared for a banana peel to present itself. Yeah, but I've, I've, I've heard this a lot. Be prepared for the unexpected. But how can you prepare when it's not like expected? It's a little bit controversial in a, in a way. And how can we apply this to our daily life? So it's important not to get into the details and think that you have to have an immediate action plan for how to solve that situation if something goes wrong. Because in reality, there are so many outcomes that are unexpected that could happen. You can't prepare for them all. However, you can plan how you want to react to that situation. And Maybe a good tool is to, to think of it as a, like a traffic light system. You've got green, amber, and red. So green means I'm preparing for everything to go more or less according to plan. No major upsets, everything, everything kind of works out. That's my plan. That's how I, how I plan most major events. But then also plan for amber. So if, if something goes a little bit wrong and you have to slightly adjust, how do I want to react to that situation. And I'm not talking about having the perfect solution for a specific scenario, but how do I react? Do I immediately um, phone my partner to calm myself down? Do I go outside to take a five minute walk to get some fresh air? So helping myself to be more rational in that situation and then come up with the right solution. And last but not least also, of course, then the, the kind of red category where things go extremely bad, maybe the whole event then is cancelled, maybe I can't follow through with the plan at all anymore, how do I want to react to that? Are there any ways of how I can deal with that? Is it having to sit down and, and take a moment to just breathe and calm myself down? Is it maybe finding a safe way to let out my anger or frustration or something like this? 
So an amber light is like being stuck in traffic and knowing that you're going to be late for a meeting. Yeah, exactly. And you might, your wished reaction to that might be that in the car, you can actually do a bit of deep breathing. You can put on your favorite song on the radio. You can do anything that kind of makes you a little bit less stressed in that situation. And so the red light, it's uh, your car broke down and you're not going to be able to attend your meeting, which is bad. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> How do you react to that? So in that situation, you might want to phone your partner or your mother initially just to have a, a comfortable, familiar voice that you can talk to. And then when you've calmed down a little bit to make a rational decision on how to react to that situation, then maybe you need to phone to try to reschedule the meeting. Um, maybe that's not an option and actually exercising is your preferred way to deal with it. But, you know, this is this is then very individual for each person, what, what they prefer. And that's all for this time. Thanks to our guest, Daniel Durs, and to my co-host, York. And thank you for listening. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. Have you found any of the exercises useful for you. Your feedback's really important to us because it's the only way we can improve and carry on the series and making it more relevant every episode. So please drop us a line at podcast at redbull.com. Leave a note in the comment box on Spotify or a review on Apple. 